So uh, to follow someone requires a lot more than to learn from someone. And Pastor Sunibakare is somebody that I am following. And I'm following because I've seen him demonstrate over the last 26 years that I have personally been observing him. Well, not 26 years, uh, 22, 22 years, there are about 22, 23 years that I've been observing him. I have seen consistency. I've seen his values played out. I have watched him from afar. I have watched him from closely. And I know he walks his talk. Uh, it's very easy to discern when people are saying something and doing something else. Uh, but I see that he walks his talk. I see that he is committed to his, to his values. He is committed to the things that he, his, heart are, his heart is committed to. And he's someone that is you know, worthy of emulation. Uh, if there's someone I would want you to meet after Jesus, uh, he is one of such people. So today, we are going to be learning from his story. And pastor will never allow you to send him questions ahead. So everything is going to be hearing today. He's hearing live for the first time. I don't think he needs much introduction. He's someone whose life has caught across us in many ways, in ministry, uh, for some of us who know him or have heard a little about him in business. And of course, uh, as far as nation building is concerned, uh, for the future of our country, the presence of our country, the past of our country and the future of our country, there's a lot that revolves around him. So please today, with joy in your heart, uh, with your virus somewhere near you and sheets of paper for you to document the things you're learning. Please help me uh, jam your hands together as I welcome, uh, I take him off mute, Pastor Sunde Bakare. Hello, sir. God bless you, Pastor Deodoro. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, we're waiting for, I think your camera needs to be visible as well so that we can see your face up. Uh, we can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, all that we need now is just so that I can see. So I think yeah. Let me activate the video. I've sent the request. Yeah, I've done that. Okay, so we're, we're yes, that should be done. Yes, sir. <laughs> <You're welcome, sir. laughs> okay, very good. Sir. Yes, we can see you. We Thank can... you for your invitation. Bless God on my soul. Thank you, sir. Um, so um, very quickly today, I'd like us to uh, get into it. My and I'll give you a little preamble so that you understand where we are coming from. So I think that the most valuable things, the most valuable thing that we will be able to glean from anyone will be their stories. Um, I think, you know, for our primary example, Jesus, we have the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as what we can use to learn about him. So it all boils down to stories. And today it's going to feel like Mark, you know, Mark is that book that is with urgency and tries to cover a lot in a short period of time because we're going to be asking you questions that will go from day one to the current day of over 60, uh, over 66 years uh, to understand a few things about your values, your person, the things you see. And as you share your stories, we will be gleaning the lessons from them. 
so for everybody listening today, the questions are going to be directed at you know hearing stories. And from these stories, I'm sure that the values will be very clear. They've been clear to me, but I believe that as you listen together with me today, you can glean a few things that will be of eternal value. Uh, so, and, and I'm going to be zeroing, because we can't zero in on your entire life in one hour, 30 minutes. So we're going to be taking segments. And I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that you will enjoy this enough to grant us another one in not too distant future, uh, if the opportunity uh, is available. So today, many people here know you as Pastor Tunde Bakari. Uh, some of them know you and your interest in nation building. Uh, none of them, not many of them know a lot about the business side of you. Uh, and maybe not all of them know, <laughs> know enough as well about the, 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 the nation building site fully as well. So I will be asking questions in those directions. And I'll be asking like Mark so that we can have documentation uh, for the days to come. Uh, so, sir, my first question is uh, around you know, the beginning. I know that, and, and please forgive me, I would uh, mention some things that uh, is not, uh, you know, it will sound, it won't be what you want to say normally, uh, but I believe that we can learn from them. So anybody, if I look at you today, I remember a day I came to meet you and I asked you a question. I said, how will I know when I should start flying business class? <laughs> and it doesn't sound like a very spiritual question, but I, I was just, you know, thinking, am I, am I, what am I doing? Am I being conservative? Do I, or I don't have enough and I'm trying to do beyond my means. So I came to ask, and I came to ask because I realized that I'd observed at that time that uh, for possibly more than 30 years, you had traveled very actively and you had not traveled actively in the economy space. I'm giving a picture. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving a picture of now because I also know it wasn't like that from the beginning. So uh, I'm contrasting the picture of the current reality today with the picture of where you grew up from and where you started from. So I know that um, there's this phrase you usually say that I was born into wealth, but I was raised in poverty. Um, you know, so how? I want you to contrast that boy that came to Lagos with one bag, uh, three shillings, uh, had times where he had nowhere to stay. How, what were the things that, you know, were going through your mind or are the things that you were embracing growing up that could allow the kind of transition that has happened over the last few years? So my first question is about your childhood and the values that basically that you imbibed and learned that took you through that phase. Thank you so very much, Pastor Diogo. First and foremost, uh, I would like to give all the glory and praise to God um, for his investment in me. I would say right from my mother's womb, because I've learned now it is he who brought me out of my mother's womb. Um, and you know what Jeremiah said, let not the rich man glory in his riches, the wise man in his wisdom, etc., etc. Let him glory in this that he knows me. I thank God for his heavy investment in my life because um, circumstances almost prevailed against even my survival of my living. Mm. 
as I told you before, I was born into declining wealth and raised in abject poverty. My father passed on before my third birthday, September 7, 1957. I turned three, November 11, 1957. And my mother was all over me. So if you're going to ask me today, how did I get to where I am? I will start with God, the giver, the author of life, and who invested so much in me from my mother's womb, mm -hmm. because my godly visions did not start because I've become a Christian, or when I became a Christian. God began to reveal himself to me from a very tender age. Mm -hmm. And many of us in the body of Christ today think visions and dreams are uh, the preoccupation of limited to believers. But Pharaoh had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And God's promises are upon my spirit, upon all flesh. I want to thank God. And I want to really, really thank God for my godly mother who pointed out the way. You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? Train up a child in the way you go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. That may not be what many people want to listen to right now. They just want to see the secret of success. But truth be told, yes, when family life, when you are raised in a dysfunctional environment, when there's no one to point the way, you're likely to miss it big time but for the mercies of God. And my mother pointed the way, and that's why I dedicated a book to her, the, the, the woman who saw the future, valuable lessons my mother taught me. And I listed 16 different lessons there. Uh, no man is self-made as far as I'm concerned. A self-made man is a disaster going somewhere to happen. The Bible says it is God who has made us and not we ourselves. <clears throat> Apart from my mother, God also brought me under the influence of godly people who helped me. By the way, I didn't leave my bank with three shillings. One shilling, three pence. <laughs> my mother gave me one shilling, and mm. Alaji Fasasi, of blessed memory, also gave me three pence. You know, when, when people who are there to you become a memory, the memory becomes a treasure. I still value the things I learned from them, from that help. I was introduced to labor at the age of nine. I became a professional at the age of 10. I really started earning money at the age of 10, and many will call it child labor today, but for my mother, it's the way to go. There was no one to help us. When I left primary school, I was taken to a carpenter shed to learn carpentry. Mm -hmm. I fled from there when the boss or the, the owner of the shop used saw to beat one of the apprentices. <laughs> I packed my thing and ran back to Abelkuta. And I continued with my business of fetching 64 uh, <laughs> pails of water to fill eight pots every day. I was earning two shillings from that, three pence per pot, and, and then two shillings at the weekend from firewood. And my mother introduced me to what you call joint signatory account. Mm. She built a bank that I would drop that money in with two padlocks. Mm. She kept one key. I had one key. So I had no access to the money. She had no access to the money. That was how we, I was introduced to a joint signature account from a tender age. And you won't believe it when eventually I entered secondary school in 1969. My classmates in primary school were already in form four when I entered form one. But what we had gathered was able to pay that first year and has continued laboring here and laboring there. God helped me to come through secondary school 
and I eventually landed in Lagos, uh, July 13, 1973, with a portmanteau on my head, two pairs of trousers, three shirts, a few books, asking people for Uges Avenue, because I didn't know the pronunciation was Hughes Avenue. <laughs> I eventually rented an apartment at that Hughes Avenue, and my first bed was newspapers that I got from the one who was, you know, who owned the apartment, not his house, but he was the leaseholder. I got a punchy-like place where I laid papers, and then eventually I was able to buy a, a small mattress, and eventually, Evono, uh, <laughs> life was good, three and a half, three by three and a half, and believe me, from that moment on, it's been forward, <laughs> never backward, never. That was my story at the beginning. Amen. Now, <laughs> um, you know, some people are here and they are thinking that the, their excuse in life is that things are rough or they have a rough patch or things are not going, you know, they don't have opportunity, they don't have link, they don't have uh, wealthy parents and those kind of things. <laughs> I think very clearly from your story, uh, if I connect that history to now, very clearly, um, all of those things are not what matters. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, I, so you, you already said something very interesting and I won't take it off from there. So you said, by the time you enter secondary school, your mates were already in form four. Uh, I see also that by the time you finish secondary school and you are going to go to university, you still have to keep on working as well. I remember, oh, yes. I think, I don't know if it was before university where you were doing uh, dry cleaning or what they call me. No, not dry cleaning. <laughs> oh, no. When I got to Lagos, there was no job. And I sat one day and said, is this the way I will sit down for hunger to kill me? Let me do uh, <laughs> a handwritten uh, complimentary card. I designed it well, and I said, my name is Soso. I live at Soso place. I can wash your clothes. I don't, need, you don't need, I don't need to take it out of your house. I will come here to wash your clothes, and I will come here to iron your clothes. And this is my address. In case you need reverence, this is my landlord. And eventually people started sending for me and I was able to wash clothes in different places at the weekends and go to iron for them. Some would give me two naira, some would give me five naira. It was while I was washing clothes that I was singing the Nasoma, I will never forget. I love to love you, baby. That was the song I was singing, washing and enjoying my life. And the person listening to me said, Wash, that was my nickname, Wash. I said, sir, do you speak English? I said, I have. Hey, English sir. So why are you watching? There's no job. He said, oh, they are, they are employing people at the first bank and at the UBA first. And so I went to UBA. By God's grace, I topped the list. And then I was to go for medicals when my interview with first bank came. And whoa, <laughs> uh, first bank money was 100 naira more than UBA. I didn't even tell them that. I just went to first bank. <laughs> And it was at the first bank, I saved enough money for university. And while I was working at the first bank, I also did my A-levels in nine months, extramural classes at uh, Methodist Boys High School, Lagos. Interesting. So those things, but look, look, looking back today, when I was homeless and I had to, uh, anytime it rained because I was given what you call an open space at the topmost level of the building, number 11, Noble Street, Yaba, that was the house. Anytime it rained, I would have to hide 
under the step, we took you, the dog, <laughs> for the rain to come down. Look, all those things didn't look any issues to me. And before I, I proposed marriage to my wife, I took her to those places so that it would not be a story that is made up tomorrow. It made the people, remember me, to the glory of God, one of the women I washed clothes for, I ended up being one responsible by God's grace for the education of our children. And, and the man who gave me his space, time, uh, <laughs> under the stairway where the dog cage was, I ended up asking Pastor Ike to go pay for rent when they kicked him out of that house to pay for a house for him and to, to furnish. And the man who gave me three pence uh, in 1973, by God's grace, I ended up giving him an eight-bed house uh, for him, return on investment. So these things are not magical. The stories are true. Some of the people are alive, some are dead. But your, your background does not determine your foreground. Yes, sir. You're not limited by your background. You're not limited by your gender. You're not limited by the color of your skin. You are limited by the size of your hope and your vision in life. And Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's why I'm grateful to God for showing me what manner of man I should be in my future. And I began to do things that will make me arrive at that man. Amazing. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Um, I, you know, so <laughs> we've covered a number of businesses already. Um, but I still have a little more that is on my list that we have not touched. Uh, I also realized at some point, <laughs> at some point you are involved in photography. Whoa. Hey, <laughs> you are taking me really down memory lane. Yeah. In the course of washing clothes before I got a job at, uh, First, first bank as a letter sorter. Uh, that was the first place I worked as a letter sorter. And that was the first time the, the ability to fight injustice uh, manifested. Mm -hmm. Because at the PNT letter sorting office, you will not sit down except you have sorted two bags of, of letters. Shokoto, you just be sorting letters like that. And this day I was on the third bag. So I sat down and the supervisor came behind me and slapped me. And I said, sir, what did I do wrong? So you're not supposed to sit. The rule says you can sit after you have sorted out two bags. This is my third bag. And he said, you didn't put the bags, so I should put them. I said, is that what you say? He said, yes. I was so angry. I went out, washed my hands. I still know the man's name, uh, but let's keep his name. I did movie. Washed my hands in water, dipped inside sand to have some paper filling, and came back while he was backing me. I slapped me hard left and right, and he fell down. Of course, my appointment was terminated. I was paid by one But my friend, Tayo Willoughby, who is still alive today, reported the matter to the postmaster general, who happened to be his father, and he sent for me. And when I got there, he said, I want you to apologize. I said, I will not apologize, sir. You don't have to employ me. He slapped me. He didn't say sorry. And the man said, I say you must apologize. I'm older than you. I said, okay, sir. Uh, God said, I should say sorry. So I'm saying sorry. <laughs> I became friends with that old man. And I thank God for his memory because he ordered that I be employed as a full-time staff and posted me to finance department. Uh, that, that was one story. But the photography took place before that time. 
Mm. It was while I was still watching because I saved money for Canon A1 camera. Uh, that's why I'm sympathetic towards those boys at parties who take photographs and come and sell it to you at the end. Mm. You know, mm. I was frank. I was doing that, and one day a friend of mine said, he "Would like me to come and cover his uh, occasion. It was going to be baptized. He was a Muslim. He became a Christian." I was so furious. I said, you must be crazy. You are leaving the path for, 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 for uh, uh, Kafirids, <laughs> those who are, do not really believe in Allah. Mm. And he said, are you interested in taking the photographs or not? <laughs> I wanted to make money. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll come. And I remember entering Yaba Baptist Church for the first time in my life to cover this event. And I wore my cap like I did today, but a small one like bishops wear. It's called Tajia. I wore it because I just finished praying. I decided I should remove it. So I'm not a Christian, I'm a Muslim. And an elderly man said, in Rome, do like the Romans. Mm -hmm. So I removed it and sat at the back. When the ceremony started, I was infuriated, to be honest, because they were dipping them inside water in the baptistry, male and female. That was abomination to me. For a Muslim, you are done your ablution outside. If you want to take it back, take it at home. <laughs> what are you doing inside God's house? But I had to take the photographs and I took them and I went back. I wanted to go and I was, no, they said there's still something after. They call it the Holy Communion. My understanding of Holy Communion is what you give to those who are about to die. Because I remember back home, there was an elderly man who was a chieftain in the church. In his old age, he was about to die. They came to give him Holy Communion, the Last Supper. So I thought it's something you eat, and then that. So I waited. The gentleman was Reverend Emmanuel Alabi mm. of the Baptist Church. He had gone to change, and he came back uh, with the others, and he said, before we receive the communion tonight, I would like to share a short message titled, Jesus, the light of the world. Mm. As soon as, as he announced the topic, the pillar of light I saw April 10, 1964, as a Muslim, stood behind him. And I can tell you the rest of the story. That's how I got born again. So I knew when I was a Muslim, the Lord had appeared to me in a night vision on April 10, 1964. And that pillar of light stood behind the preacher. I was in front shaking with my camera. I've met him. I've seen him. They thought I was hallucinating until I narrated my story. It was photography that brought me to Christ. I was taking photographs and it took me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now, before I, I want to exit from your growing up childhood into university, uh, you went to university and you studied law. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, you know, I want to take a little pause there to say, you know, why law? You know, I, I can see all of the backgrounds. I can see all of the things you had you had to do. It wasn't choice; you had to do them. But you went to study law, and sometimes when I interact with you, I feel a sense of you knew it was going to be law. You know, sometimes I, I wish I can go. You know, I'm wondering ah, how, how are you so clear, so early? So why did you study law, and how was Unilag? I know that Unilag, you campaigned to be president of the student union government. So please, a little bit about, about the life in Unilag. Before Unilag, the desire or the vision to read law uh, took place in 1963. Yeah. I was in primary three. 
Yeah. And because it was All Saints Primary School, once a year we had what they call Ikori, the harvest time. Mm -hmm. And it's the students that are going to cut uh, palm leaves to make books, like you would do in the Bible days of the Feast of Tabernacle. Mm. But we will do boots, but you are also going to do baza under those boots. You mm. bring farm products, you sell it, and the profit you make and the sale will go to church. It's part of generating funds in, 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 that, in that season of life, at that time. So I went with friends, and be careful who you run with. Mm. Mm. You can't lie down with dogs and, not, and, and, and think you will not get all fleeces. Uh, you can tell who you are by who you run with. The Bible says a righteous man should choose his friends wisely. The ways of the wicked lead them astray. So mm -hmm. I went with some of my best friends in primary school. Idowu Ogumoku, Tajudin Kilani, Kola Wali Obadimu. And as we were cutting, we finished, we swam a little, we cut the palm leaves and we're going. As we were taking the path, we stumbled on a magistrate court at Ishabo. I dropped, we dropped our things just to see it. The man that was handling the case that day was Chivolu Soju, he later became Chivolu Soju Odunjo, the son of the man who wrote Alawiye part one to six. Hmm. is the older brother of Olori, the Olori of, of Alaki of Ebalan today. He was the older brother. He was one acting the kid, slim man, and the way he was doing it, and I said, what is this? They are lawyers. I said, hey, guys, I'll be a lawyer when I grow up. Because <laughs> I like That's how the thing fired my imagination. Hmm. And hmm. I, I, I knew I'd become a lawyer from that experience. Hmm. And I pursued the course of law because I also got to know of so many things later in life. I will tell you one of them. In 1975, I was not in the university. I was a day. A day first bank as a clerk. And Ganifa and me, who I met for the first time that day, was going to have free education association campaign at the National Library. Mm. His guest that day was Chivaba Femi Awolo. Mm. Professor Aluko was like the MC. Mm. I was a young boy or young man working as a clerk and I went to listen. I remember what Professor Luku said. He said, well, we are still expecting Shibaba Femi Awolo, but you will never arrive late for any meeting. And he cracked a joke. I said, if you are going to send an African to the moon, be careful, he will remain a permanent satellite there, because if they ask him to push a button at 12 noon, he will forget and wake up and say, it's 12 dead, and they will be rotating forever. <laughs> it was two minutes to the time, and Shibaba Femi Awolo removed the curtain, and stepped in two minutes, or about five minutes before the, and they shouted, Awo! Mm. And I saw the argument of Ganifa and me that day. Mm. And how he presented this case, and I said, wow, nothing else but law. Mm. This is, I heard from him that you can use law uh, as an instrument for social change. Mm. Mm. Now, I've been a debater from secondary school. Mm. I won the Nigerian Red Cross Cup on debate in 1974. Mm. And uh, uh, seeing Ganifa and me, I guess, and I thank God I eventually worked with him and worked with Chief Rotimu Lebs. 
But my university days, it was University of Ife that first gave me an admission. But they gave me to read GPE, Government Philosophy Economics Combined. They didn't take me for law. I just put it aside and they said I, I could change later. I said, no, I was saving money just for four years. So I had no extra money to waste on anything. Eventually, mm. I gained admission again through one of those I was washing clothes for before. Mm. Mm. Who mm. saw my A-level papers and sent them to Professor Gideon Shuntrukun. And Professor Gideon said, wow. Professor Gideon Shuntrukun also taught me uh, European, European history for my A-levels mm. at Metro High School. So, that man sending me to Professor Jira Ojo made it easy for me to be connected to Professor Abiola Ojo, who said, you qualified. When I saw my name on the list, I knew great days ahead of me. Hmm. But then, in order to survive on the campus, and in order to participate in the social life of the campus, I went into student unionism. And uh, University of Lagos will never forget the campaign here in 1978. I remember what the Igbo brothers were singing. Ajako wale, ajako wale, tunde bakare. It was at, also at the University of Lagos that we started Diner Club, Benga Daniel and I and a few others. And that was a youth wing of Unity Party of Nigeria. We invited Chikoba Femi Aulawa later to the University of Lagos in 1978. And Otumba Benga Daniel, who later became governor of Ogun State, him and I will go to Park Lane to understudy Chief of Awesome. Okay. Uh, moving, moving on a little bit quick, uh, a little bit uh, quickly. I realized so from university, uh, I realized that the next step for you was getting a job, and you seem to have worked with some of the best that we Nigeria had at the time of lawyers. Um, and I'm sure that working with them, there will have been some lessons to learn, some values to appreciate, um, some you know, some values that you know basically attracted you to, to these particular people, and a few things that stood you out as an employee working with them. So we'd like to hear a little bit about the story of your working with Ganifawa uh, Emi and uh, F.R.E. Williams. Well, <clears throat> thank God both of them are blessed memory now. Mm. But I will never forget some of the time the values that we got there will still flow through what we say to other people. Yes, sir. Anyone who knew Chief Ganifai me will know. Many call him Taskmaster. They call him all kinds of names. He was a man who revolutionized legal practice in Nigeria. Let me give you a background. Yes, sir. In the past, only few senior lawyers had access to Supreme Court judgment mm. because they were not being published whole scale like you have them today. Mm. And the other lawyers just had access to high court judgments and this and that. So when these senior lawyers would get to court, they would let you mess up. They would just cite one Supreme Court judgment, you're flawed. Ghani mm. became fought through and became the secretary of the Nigerian Bar Association and started the Ganefi Amin Law Publication and Weekly Law Reports. I was one of his early reporters. And when you see the first set of constitutional law reports, you see my name printed there. I always think it's printed in gold because he sent me to Britain to proofread those things in those days. 
Mm. Earliest time that we arrived at the chambers was eight o'clock. Mm. I recall that several times we closed at 3 a.m. Wow. And we'll be back at eight o'clock. Mm. I had no car. I trek from nine sherry close to Lupe due to the office every day. And at night, we'll ask them to drop us at Antony because it was too late. And then I would cross to where I was living then. And that was the way it began. I still believe Ghani Fahimi, uh, whoa, hard work, mm. industry, mm. contributed to the revolution we are enjoying in legal practice today. Mm. I'll tell you another experience with Ghani before I cross over to Chief Emory Williams. We were to go to High Court uh, one of those days. And there was such a traffic jam on Eco Bridge. There was no third mainland there. And it was raining. But I didn't know that my boss had asked the dispatch rider to follow us because he would not be late to court. Hmm. The person that was distributing letters was following us, and he just said, Sindiku, my Muslim name, he called me that throughout his life. <laughs> You'll be coming with the driver. He came out, took his wig and gown, took an umbrella, and sat on the back of that motorcycle and got to court 10 minutes before it opened. Wow. I didn't get there in the car until about one and a half hours after. He had almost finished the case before I got in there. Mm. So is that the man you work with and be late? Mm. Mm. And because he had trained us and I was so much involved with, with uh, law reporting, it paid its rich dividends. Many people may not believe it, but this, but this is the truth. It can be investigated. He asked me to go to court, court of appeal one day, to take a date. That is, you could not. It was abroad. You could not argue that case. Go and take a date, and uh, when I come, I'll continue. I got to court on time, and I said I would like to take a date because she qualified me. I said, and the judges of the court of appeal said, "Are you not a, a lawyer in the chambers?" We are not granting any adjournment. This case will be heard today. We are, will rise, mm. and then we'll sit back at 12 noon. This was 9 a.m. in the morning. Mm. So I was put on the spot. There was no way I could run. I just ran to their, to their library and began to recall some of the cases I knew. There were about three, four grounds of appeal. I knew one well. I lost onto the one I, I knew, and I built my case around it. And the, person on the other side was a very senior lawyer. Mm. So when he finished his case, I got up and said, I would not like to waste the call time. I'm going to camp around just one of the uh, <laughs> grounds of, of uh, appeal. And my, by the time I finished, God uh, in his infinite mercies enabled us to win that case that day. Mm. And you know how old I was at the bar? 21 <laughs> days old. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then I left you for me for Chief Rotimi Williams because of principle. Okay. Who are going to Calabar to handle Uwap Printer's case. That was the name of the client. And somewhere mid-air, my boss summoned me from economy class and I, I went to see him. He said, I said, I said, yes, sir. I just want you to know that I'm planning to marry mm. again. And mm. I said, no, you told me the story of how you stopped your wife. No, he said, I needed someone 
Now, I needed someone who is more educated than Mama Mo, who had gone to university, who would understand accounting, who could help to run the chambers effectively. Uh, Mama Mo, as you call her, could not do that. As I said, then you told me you stopped her at A-levels so that she could marry you. Why don't you send her back to school? And he said, I am not asking for your counsel. I'm just informing you. And I said, sir, the day the woman enters your house is the day I leave your chambers. And I remember him like yesterday, said, Talika, like it did. I laughed. <laughs> and I remember where I sat in chambers that day. He came to give me my salary for the month. He, had, he himself told my wife this story mm. when we met in the plane years later. Mm. And he told the woman, he, mm. married, he got married to his second wife, because that one told me, chief told me a lot about you, how you resisted. <laughs> I didn't resist. So mm. he paid me my salary in lieu of, I mean, my salary for that month, 400 naira, and I took the check he gave me because he said, oh, the woman is coming tonight, and I used it to resign. I paid him in lieu of notice, and I left his chambers. I mm. never returned there, but I remained, he remained one of my, you know, mentors throughout his life, and he did some of the cases for me uh, when Ambassador uh, ordered my arrest to be put in detention. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. Awesome. Actually, I'm not... Yeah? How I got to Lemsey's Chambers work is very interesting. Mm. You want to hear Yes, sir. I didn't know anybody there to direct me. So I, I, I put on my suit, three-piece suit in those days, and my briefcase, and I went and I said, I would like to see Chief Williams. The secretary who attended to me thought I was a client. So I was ushered into his presence. My <laughs> Baba, <laughs> on the black table. And I said, sir, my name is Tunde Bakary, and I'm seeking for uh, opportunity to work with your chambers. And he said, oh, I'm not the one doing employment here. It's Chief Biokende. He was SN2, Chief Biokende. And I said, thank you, sir. So I left and I asked the secretary, when is Chief Biokende returned? He said, he went to court, he will soon come. So Chief Biokende returned and I went to his office and said, sir, I've been waiting for you. He said, yes. I said, Chief asked me to see you so I can be employed here. <laughs> Those are my words. And he gave me a form to fill. And I filled the form, they paid my salary. When can you report? I said, I can start next uh, Monday. So the following Monday, I resumed work. My salary increased from 400 to 510 Naira. <laughs> and it was Friday to distribute the cases that Chief Williams saw me among the lawyers on the black table and I said, oh, Where's this? Uh, <laughs> new and they said, You sent him to me to give him a job. He said, did I say that? I said, sir, I came here to ask you for a job. And you said, you're not in charge, it's Chiba Okende. You didn't say there was no money. So I went to him, I said, Chiba asked me to see you so that I can get it. He said, you won. That's how I became <laughs> a established chambers. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so um, how many years did you spend there and how, how, did, you, how did you leave? Um, I spent about one year. Okay. Uh, the Everly Williams uh, doing essentially their law reporting and following him to court. Something now happened. Mm. Uh, my memoirs would be very interesting. <laughs> I'd left him, Ganefai me, and he thought he would soon come back. I didn't go back. God favored me. I got a job with Chief Williams. So I followed Chief Williams to court at the High Court in mm. Lagos. 
and Ghani was the opposing counsel. Mm. It was to start his case first because he saw me in court. Thank God there was another counsel with Harry Williams, Harry Williams. He just got up and said, my name is Ghani Faimi and I appear with my learned friend Tule Bakari. <laughs> I'd like his chambers. <laughs> I was in court. He just wanted to put me on the spot. And Shimevari Williams graciously announced the other counsel without mentioning my name. It was when we got in and said, why did Ghani do that? I said, I don't know. I told you I left him, sir. I resigned properly and he just overlooked it. Uh, the two of them, my mm -hmm. Nigerian legal practice, we've lost giants. And, and now in our day, lawyers, I understand, are divided into two those who know their law and those who know the judges. Mm. In those days, you, 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 you learn from the masters and you stand in the court to cross sort of justice with, with, with colleagues until justice is done. Uh, but who knows? God will restore our past glory to us. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, leaving uh, F.R.A. Williams, at some point, I think in 1984, or thereabout, uh, Nigeria, there was something announced. I think Buhari was president. No, 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 no. This is how it happened. Okay, tell me. <laughs> she went to go to Bok and Co. Uh, that was the ah, okay. frontline solicitors firm. See, lawyers are enrolled as barristers and solicitors. Hmm. Solicitors are the ones that do all the paperwork of... Uh, legal mortgage, this and that. Advocates are those who go to court. We wrap them together as one here in Nigeria. In the UK, they, they operate. So I wanted to learn more about solicitors' work. Mm -hmm. And I went to Bok and Co. The owner of the chambers invited me, actually. His name is Fatai Oladende Bakari, F-O-B, a.k.a. Free on Board. <laughs> he was the chairman of the Kui Club. Mm. And uh, uh, he appeared on the case and appeared on that another, for another person. And we were both before Justice Bakari. So mm. Justice Bakari said, and he got up, he said, F.O. Bakari appeared for the plaintiff, and I got up, Tune Bakari appeared for the defender. <laughs> and Justice Bakari said, one day say this is rigging, you are Bakari, you are Bakari before Bakari. <laughs> and the man just took interest in me and he said, where do you work? And he said, um, and he gave me 610 Naira to start with him. That's 100 Naira more than what I was earning. And I really wanted to learn so this is job. So I went over there and I started my career with him. Mm. But in 1984, September 24, I was already qualified for a car loan. And he had promised me the week before that I would get my car loan on September 24th, it was a Monday. I'd gone to court that morning. Before I left home, the Holy Spirit said to me, your days are numbered. I didn't understand. Numbered where? I just prayed and I left. I got to the chambers, rather than my car loan, I was given a letter of termination. Mm. I don't know whether the man did not want to commit himself to buy me a car. I later realized why. I confronted his being a member of the Freemason the lodge, and mm. he couldn't stand that. So he fired me, mm. and there was nowhere to go. 
I couldn't return to Chi. We left and said, I'm to wrote me late. And I mean, to Ghanify, I mean, that would be dog returning to more or less, you know, his vomit having said I will not return because of mm. his marriage to a second woman. And later he told me, he said, I wish I listened to you. That was cheaper of me. It was a bad day because that September 24 was exactly two months to my wedding. Wow. The man gave me 710 naira for September salary and 710 naira in lieu of notice. And I had 300 naira left in my account because I'd already been buying things towards the wedding. So here was I, jobless two months to my wedding. My wedding was 24th November. And I didn't know what to do. So I went home to sleep. I normally would go to take my wife for lunch, then my fiance, but I didn't go there. I went home. When she didn't see me, she came and said, what happened? I said, oh, no, nothing. I'm just trying to find my feet. How do you tell a woman you want to marry in two months' time that mm. you have lost your job? <laughs> anyway, so in the evening, I wrote tithe and offering from what I'd received, and I went to church, placed it. After the service, I went to see Pastor Adeboye, who was my pastor then. And I said, sir, they fired me at work. I understand this is the reason. And he started laughing. Oh, that day was a bad day. I said, maybe, oh God, did not understand the import. I said, it's two months to my wedding. He said, yes. Have you forgotten the letter you wrote to me? Now, in those days, pastor will announce, we need 100,000 for convention. Then that announcement can go on forever. 100,000 will not come in. So one day I was just angry. And I wrote a letter to my pastor. I said, sir, I want you to pray that God should bless me so that this announcement will stop. Mm. Mm. So he laughed. He said, God has replied to you. Mm. I said, oh, God's reply to my desire to be a blessing to his work is to lose my job. <laughs> he me down. He said, you are earning 710 a month. How many years would you save 100,000? Mm. Then he said, go and start your own. I said, start my own. <laughs> There's something you don't know, sir. This is not mathematics. This is law. Mm. I'm not qualified because of legal practice, private practice decree. Mm. Lawyers, doctors, architects, accountants, families, those professions, you must serve under people for five years before you can start your own. Wow. And I was just barely four years three, four years then, after, I mean, post-call to the bar. And I said, sir, it can't happen. I will go to jail. He said, go and pray about it. I got home and prayed. And the Holy Spirit specifically said, start your own chambers October 1, 1984. Mm-hmm. With specific time. I got off from that revelation, Lord, if Pastor Adiboye missed it, I do not expect you to miss it. I will not qualify. Mm-hmm to practice that day. But he had spoken, and I took some initiative, some steps to register. I call it El Shaddai Chambers. <laughs> I printed, and I was waiting for October 1. I'd not gone to file any papers for registration. Mm. So my best man, who became my best man, and others came to pray with me that we will start on October 1. October 1 was a public holiday. Why October 1? 
<laughs> Even if you will start a chamber on the public, who will come? Yeah. But those men came on that day of September and we prayed. We slept and woke up early in the morning to listen to Independence Day broadcast sure. by General Muhammad Buhari, the then head of state. And he said, fellow countrymen and women, private <laughs> decree abolished. Oh my God. Wow. That, that was the first time wow. he's testing your mind kissed each other. Mm. Uh-huh. So that's how El Shaddai Chambers began. Wow. And bam, bam, bam. I changed from economic class to first class. <laughs> okay, so getting, getting into that matter, I think it's amazing. It's amazing how, and I've heard you say lots of this. I've heard a lot of God said to me, uh, the Holy Spirit directed me. I, I see that as one crucial element uh, in the journey of your, of your life and, and in business as well. So, you know, you had 24 hours notice to line up with what God was already putting in plan and you had done your part and the next morning, you know, uh, everything came into being. I wanted to ask this question. So, um, I remember there's a story you have shared before uh, and it also basically reinforces this God's leading as well. That one day, uh, you woke up in the morning, you were praying and God said, go to a particular hotel and go and sit down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, yeah. yes, go on, go on with your question. Yeah, so go on with your question because I wrote a book on that in 1989, actually. How okay. to receive your miracle. Okay, please. I wasn't a preacher then uh, yeah. when this event happened. Yes, it was 1985. We just vacated the staff, the part, apartment given to staff of Bok and Co. And we were able to get our own duplex at Ilupeju or Remedy Street. And then in the morning in prayer, God said, go to a co-holiday today. A co-holiday inn, it was called. What I would do there, I was not told. So I told my wife, I said, the Holy Spirit said to me, go to a co-holiday inn. What I would do there, I don't know, but I will obey. So I entered my car and my driver drove. We got to a quality in. Since I had no agenda, I carried my briefcase and I stood there at the lobby waiting for further instruction. Mm. And then suddenly I saw two people. It was like a struggle, one pulling the other, a white man and another staff of the office. The name of the white man is Stuart Hungate. Stuart mm. Hungate of Morgan the Wire Holdings in the UK. It was checked into that hotel. It was the time of Buari Diago. It was checked into that hotel, but he had paid Naira. And there was a, a foreign exchange decree then that foreigners must pay their hotel bills in foreign currency. That was the reason they were trying to drag him. And God said, go help him. That was the second instruction I received. A man I'd never met before, so I said, yes, yes, what is my plan doing here? I'm this man's lawyer. And the man paused. He mm. said, if you are the man's lawyer, we must go to the finance uh, person. So the man who I said I was a lawyer was looking at me because we had never met, mm. but he was happy that at least <laughs> we were not putting his rescue. <laughs> and we got to the finance person in his office, a Muslim gentleman, and he said, Tundabi. I said, uh oh, hello, sir. 
He's like, yeah, we were in university together. You campaigned, you did this. Ah, and we laughed. And I, he said, but then the man, the, the official narrated your deal. And the man said, if Tunde Bakari is involved, he's a straightforward person. Go and correct the thing and pay for an exchange and let him go. The man was so happy, Mr. Strutt Hungate, he was so very happy. And the thing ended there. So he gave me his card. I went to wait and it entered the lift. He said, thank you, shook my hand, entered the lift. So I didn't follow him since he had given me his card, but the card had only a foreign number. Mm. There was no local number. It was not the day of GSM or any of these things you are carrying about there. Yes, sir. Now, I stood there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. The man did not show up. After an hour, I decided to go to the uh, uh, finance officer, uh, chief financial, whatever it was, to say, hey, do you know the room number of this man? Because I felt robbed. Mm. Mm. When I got there, I said, oh, he has gone to the mosque, and from there, he'll be going home. Ah. <laughs> I entered my car, and I said, oh, Lord, all I came to do today is to separate two people fighting. Mm. To your name be glory and praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sure he that seated in heaven will be loving that day. When the man gave me his card, I also gave him my card. Two weeks after, I got a letter from Morgan Bewira Holdings Limited thanking me for rescuing their executive director while in Nigeria. And mm. on his recommendation, they are, they are appointing me as a legal advisor and enclosed is my first class ticket, the first one I ever used. Wow. That was how first class started in my life. Wow. wow. And the rest is history. Uh, from a transaction that we did together, I made my first $286,000. I will never forget. How, how much, sir? $286,000. I wrote it in that book. I can't forget those things. They are imprinted in my mind. Uh, you know, you know I, I did the calculation of that money. And because it's very difficult to collaborate to look at those figures and try and interspace them with now, it's not the same amount. Because in, no, 19, in 1985, one, yeah. one brand new car was going for about 3,000 Naira. <laughs> so in, in, in current terms, it's actually hundreds of millions of Naira. Uh, you don't those... know what happened to me that day. Yes, sir. My photographer is still alive. Daily with international photos. is around University of Lagos there. He was my official photographer back then. The first day I handled one million naira draft, I called him to come. I put the, the, the draft <laughs> inside my pocket to be taking all kinds of photographs. It was my first million at the age of 30. Uh, I was 30 plus. I danced, I rejoiced because I never, never imagined that at that stage of my life, from earning 400, 610, 510, 610, 710, I could ever earn a million. And when Tunde Bakari and Cole, Chamber started, the first fee I earned was 25,000 Naira, which was more or less three and a half years, my annual salary. And known unto God are all his works from eternity. Mm. Uh, from that day, I thank God. And that is not, it does not mean it's been a bed of roses, even after that. There have been moments of highs and downs and everything. Everyone God will make, is that this is the pattern you go through the waters, through the rivers, through the fire. Everyone I've created for my glory, I've made him. 
If you don't experience that and you think you are made, uh, you are not there yet. It's yes, He who is making us. We can make ourselves. Amen. Thank you, sir. Uh, I like to ask the interesting is as if you are preempting my next question. <laughs> because I don't know uh, what your question <laughs> <laughs> Because I was I wanted to ask you this and I'll still go ahead and ask. Um, so I remember I came to you last year to share with you uh, some of the challenges that we had faced. Uh, we had a fire incident that basically gulped over 400 million hours of uh, uh, products and basically left the place devastated. So I came to share with you and said, ah, this is what we're going through to ask us some thoughts and perspective. And you shared some very interesting things with us that day. In fact, that day is not a day that I will forget. Uh, so I remember the day I came to meet with you and the things you shared. And that day was very comforting for me and for those who are listening, I think you can take a lesson from realizing that, you know, even when we have challenges, we don't bottle them to ourselves. We, you know, we talk to people that can guide us, that can lead us, that can give us direction as well. So I came to see you and you shared a few things. You shared some stories with me that day that will never leave me. I put them in my left hand, uh, which I don't use to eat. And, <laughs> and, and you shared with us that, that it is normal to go through the fire it is normal to go through the waters that if we will ever become great, then we must have those days where it looks like everything is, you know, turning under like Job. And then that God will take us through that phase and bring us to a more excellent space. I don't know if it's, you know, if you want to add a few comments on that line, because somebody is here thinking it was good before, it's not good anymore. And they have tabernacled with it, it's not good anymore. Uh, one of the clear things I'm seeing from you today is, yes, God inspires, God leads, God directs. He's the one that makes us. We don't orchestrate our own paths. Sometimes things happen that you didn't plan for. But when they happen and you align with God in them and you keep faith in them, then it's not going to be, it's going to be a bend, not an end. So I don't know if you have any, you know, if you can share something with us about those challenging nothing times. Happens, nothing happens to a child of God that is neither permitted not directed by God. Mm. 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 I'll tell you a story. About 1985, 86, I brought Skoda cars into Nigeria along with a partner. And the partner, such a good man, he was good to me. He was the first person to buy me his name is Tiwa Shubo, Tiwa Ladeshubo. He's late now. Mm. And um, I'd helped a man called Dr. Barbara. Mm. He was introduced to me by uh, another man called Kendi Bakari, who is late now. We're not related. They were living in Ikorodu, and they brought him to my chambers to help resolve some, you know, immigration problem. Mm. And I resolved this problem. And the man came, thanked me, paid my fees, and said, Do you are you interested in vehicles? I said, Not quite. He said, Well, I'm in this country looking for opportunities, but my father owned the largest auto company in Tanzania. I would like to take you to Tanzania, see our factory, if you'll be interested in representing us in Nigeria. And I said, okay, I have a friend who's into auto business. His name is Diwala Deshubo. I will ask him to follow you because it was a busy court period for me. So Diwala Deshubo went with him to Tanzania and we ended up registering a company called Niger Tans 
Nigeria Limited, Niger Trans Limited. Mm. And we didn't have the capital to import. He said, okay, I will introduce you to Czechoslovakia and introduce, introduce manufacturers of Skoda cars. That's mm. how Skoda cars, I remember remitting just $40,000 back then from London to Czechoslovakia. And the cars arrived in Nigeria, uh, 21 pieces of cars, four-door car, mm. was selling at 21,000, 23,000, cheaper than 30,000 B2. That, that, how much B2 was being sold for then? It was MKO and Tai Shulani that launched the, the products for us, and it was a sellout. At the same time, I was introduced to this business, that business, and I was a quite investor. But this is the story I want to tell you. On a Monday morning in 1988, my account was 13.7 million naira fixed deposit. It was 12 million I fixed, but it acquired interest. It became 13.6 million. Mm. And at that time, honestly, you cannot say I was poor. I'm comfortable. You know? <laughs> and I was, <laughs> but that was a lot of money then, still a lot of money today, if you know the rate. So I was introduced by another set of people. I still know their names, but you know, not that I can't mention their names. They were bringing sugar, a, a, a shipload of sugar to Nigeria. And they just needed some money to clear, to do this, to do that. So I decided to invest yeah. and I put my money in and uh, the business started. The mm. ship actually came. Mm. APC Merchant Bank was one anchor in it. Mm. Women were trooping to the bank to buy this. You can imagine if we bought the sugar for 30 naira. It was now being sold for 55 per bag. Mm. Imagine the profit money that will come. And then it was right into 60. I'm just given, I still have the documents with me. Wow. So I told guys, let's sell. They said, no, let's just wait a week or two more because this thing is just skyrocketing. <laughs> and then that total brought like four shiploads of sugar to the country and the price crashed. Then you can ask those who know. I lost money. And from that peak, I went to minus 600,000 naira. Wow. wow. I had, when next you see Mrs. B ask this story, she will tell you, we can never forget. I had 8,500 naira cash left. Mm. And I gave it to my wife. I said, keep this. This is all I have left on planet Earth. I don't know what God will do tomorrow. I can't commit suicide. The car of my Mercedes Benz, the engine knocked. My generator knocked at home. Mm. All at the same time. Mm. And then our house girl went in to steal the 8,500 naira. Mm. My wife met me at the church. I said, did you take that money? She was pregnant with Shegun. I said, which money? I left it with you. Ah, oppression, financial pressure can make a wise man mad. I was angry, I wept, I cried, there was no way. 
look, I'd never lifted a finger against a staff. I almost, <laughs> I almost killed that girl when I was slapping her that night. When he told us some people put juju on her chest and she went in and gave the money and took me behind some hotel where I said the transaction took place, money was gone. So I said the following day, I was to go to Port Harcourt to go and meet my client. I was to take some out of that 8,500. The reason I gave it to my wife was to buy two dresses for her daughters. And even if it was chicken, we could kill for Christmas that year because there was nothing anywhere. Mm. And so Deolu, that girl was an emissary sent by God. It was not Satan. Yes, sir. Because the plane that I was to take crashed and everybody died. Wow. I actually literally prostrated to the girl the following day to thank her for saving my life. And the client I was to go to eventually came to Lagos and paid me two fifty thousand naira to start life again. Mm. So if I tell you I've been through fire and storms, I've been there. Yes, sir. But I know it's a bend; it's not the end. Yes, sir. Many people will give up and commit suicide. Those who take their own lives have never given it to the Lord if they are Christians, mm. because you couldn't have given in your life and take it back. Mm. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Amen. Okay. Um, I've started asking people to push in their own questions because I have enough questions to, to last us for three days. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, you know, I'd like uh, a few people to begin to ask as well. There, there's something I put pencil down here that I wanted to end the business conversation with before I move into uh, nation building. Uh, and I, I noticed that you know, many people may not observe. Many, many people may not have observed this. You know, so when we say, "Ah, how long has Pastor Bakari been involved in nation building?" In you know, how long has he been? I have, in my own count, I have counted over thirty years uh, of engaging, <laughs> <laughs> of engaging in the, in the nation, engaging the government, engaging from the pulpit, engaging from different angles, and I've been a close witness on a number of things. But for business, uh, I know that there, there were a number of times, and I won't, so I won't say this as well. Because I also realized that um, if there was one, if there's one pastor I know, and I'm sure there are more than one, but the one that I know that did not uh, get into ministry because that was going to be a a, a way for them to earn uh, is you. You are doing business. You are doing well in business. Uh, and sometimes when they talk about private jets and those kind of things, uh, I remember that as far back as 1991, you actually had a business that had to do with cargo. That had a, an aircraft. Uh, a Boeing 707. A Boeing 707 with the logo of the church. My um, company called Foremost Aviation, two captains in our church, myself and Lechi Voluoli Adiosho. Mm. Mm. And we're doing cargo business and it was flourishing mm. until they banned uh, Boeing 707 because of its nice level from London in Europe. Mm. Uh, I did some little business that. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know that, I, you know, I, I remember, you know, and, and I like to say this as well, so that people can know that there's a maxim you have that says you can win by righteousness. Yes. Now, meaning you don't need to do anything underhanded. Somebody is already commenting and saying, ah, in those days, uh, it was better in those days. In these days, partners will cheat you. People, you know, if you try and do business with people, they will run you down. And I said, look, it's not only in these days. It's happened in those days as well. 
I'm sure you have your own fair share of trying to do business with people that it didn't turn out well. I know a few stories. So several times. Yeah. But I won't keep on trying. Okay. If you meet bad people and you close your eyes when the good ones are passing by, you will not see them. Mm. Mm. But you have to be wise in choosing who you are with. Mm. And that's why you need superior discernment by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God to show you because the Word alone reveals the intents and the thoughts of the hearts of men. And it's a designer of those thoughts. So in the process of conversation, you know where they are going. And if they are introducing you to shitty deals, there's no point going there. Mm. If you know what is good, why go do what is wrong? Yes, sir. Yes, I throw it open there. Anyone that knew any deal or anything I did anywhere at any time in my life, that was shitty. Please bring it out. Mm. Mm. I'm not an angel. I'm not uh, claiming to be better than others, but I've never put my hands in anything that would backfire on me because there's a bigger picture I've seen from childhood. And mm. I do not want anything to visualize that. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Yes, sir. Um, so I think uh, a few people are making a few comments already. I think the question, question bank is growing gradually. I'll take it uh, after this. So I, like I was saying, so very good. Uh, getting the, and I know that, I know that even though you are a pastor today, uh, one of the foremost uh, and one of the, one of the names that easily come to mind. Thanks uh, for Thanks for the comments. <laughs> Across the mind for controversies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, okay. I, I think people, people <laughs> somebody, somebody is saying something already. He's saying, ah, thank God for today. You know, I never really heard Mr. Pastor Bakari's story. I've always had a different impression. Thank God I'm hearing directly from the horse's mouth. <laughs> So I think <laughs> I think people criticize and analyze what they don't understand as well. So I think, but I know that I know that you still do business, and not business that is. So I've looked at you and the business you do, and how you say you, you do business once in two years, <laughs> uh, and the once in two years is is enough to take care of some of us for the next twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> My major business today is real estate investment. Yes, sir. Uh, that's a core business that I do. Mm. And I have a pocket of investments here and there mm. that, uh, that will not make me dependent uh, on, on church offering. Or, or, and my grace has been like that <clears throat> from the very beginning. Um, I am of the opinion that God does not call lazy people. Yes, sir. Elijah put his mantle, Elijah put his mantle on Elisha, who was a mechanized agricultural business person in those days. He was grazing and was on the 12th oxen mm. that he was grazing with that day when the mantle came upon him. Mm. He called Peter, James, and John. They were fishermen. Mm. They were in their boats, not in their canoes. Mm. He called Matthew. He was a tax collector. He himself spent 18 years in carpenter's shed to become the carpenter. Mm. Mm. 
And when he says occupy till I come, it's no you see, the problem is we confuse vocation with occupation. Mm. Any of the ascension gifts, by their look at them very well, they are vocation. When the brothers of Joseph got to Egypt, Joseph said, I will take you to Pharaoh tomorrow, and he has only one question for you. What is your occupation? Mm. When they found Jonah sleeping in the boat, they asked him only one question. What is your occupation? Mm. And in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18, Paul joined himself to Aquila and Priscilla for by profession or by occupation, the Bible says, they were tent makers. That, that's, 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 uh, that's today's real estate building. Yes, sir. And if you want to know business you should do, just read Job chapter 1. Mm. You see that the man had donkeys, mm. he had camels, mm. he had sheep, mm. he had oxen, mm. he had thousands of camels. Was he eating them? No, yes. that was transportation in the desert. Mm. He had oxen, that was his agricultural tool. He had donkeys, that was cargo. Mm. He had sheep, that was clothing. Mm. And a great household, that's real estate. You can't, and it was a righteous man, the richest in the East. You mm. want to sit down and say, God sent money. He's not a counterfeiter. Mm. Mm. And those who say, by giving offering to God is the only way you prosper, they better read their Bible and say, whatsoever you lay your hands upon. You can give all the offering and lay your hands on nothing. Mm. And those who lay empty hands on empty heads will continue to deceive you. Mm. Paul said, these my hands are provided for my necessities. Yes, sir. I'm providing no man's gold, no man's silver, no man's apparel. Yes, sir. I still feel that if Paul wrote to third of the New Testament and he was a brilliant lawyer and he was a tent maker, no man has any excuse to sit and just preach once a week and then collect offering from people uh, as if we are still in the wilderness in the days of, of, of Aaron and Judaism. No, we have entered the city. Right now, he said they must appear before him three times in a year. It's not mm. service every week or every day of the week. <laughs> mm. Yes, sir. So, sir, there are, there are quite a few questions piling up, but there's a question I'd like to ask before I move into that. Somebody was putting something here and saying, ah, Pastor, we appreciate, you know, of course, they're appreciating the stories and all that. And they feel, ah, just stay where you are. Don't go into politics. Somebody say something like that. <laughs> and I want to say something, sir. Um, from my little understanding of you, I know that your vision for the for for nigeria and polity predated business and church so so, so when someone says don't go i'm asking where are you coming from <laughs> that you don't well, go. yeah so unfortunately yeah the church has excused herself from governance mm. because politicians are naturally crooked most of them that we have in nigeria some of them that we have they've seen it at a dirty place that you don't need to go into and they take scripture out of context they said oh jesus had said my kingdom is not of this world mm. but they didn't get to the end of the book to say that all the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ will reign forever. 
they fail to realize he made us kings first and then priests. Mm. Not priests and kings. Kings and priests. They do not know that Isaiah 33 says, the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Mm. The judiciary, the, the legislature, and the executive arm of government are all in him. Yes, sir. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, this God, who is the father of all, is in you all and through you all. Mm. If you read Romans, Romans 12, those who govern is there. Those who lead must do so according to grace. And in Romans 13, he said, every power that be those in authority, they are ordained by God. Mm. God himself rules in the affairs of men, and he gives it to whosoever he wills. A coronary question to the one you are asking me now was what some people asked in, in 2011. Even if you must go to politics, why don't you go alone? Why do you have to run with a Muslim, a fundamentalist? And I said, you don't even know Buhari at all. But just in case you need an answer, read your Bible. Joseph ran with Pharaoh. Yes, sir. Daniel ran with Nebuchadnezzar. Not with the Archbishop of Canterbury or the, or the Roman Catholic Pope. Mm. If we don't get involved, out of salt, do his job. Yes, sir. If we run from darkness, what is going to give people light? Mm. Not all of us will be on the mountain of government or politics, but occupy your own mountain. Mm. Let's be involved. Today, a vice president, a pastor in Nigeria, a professor, Somebody pioneer that. Yes, sir. No matter the frustration he's going through now, he's not going to all. Somebody will have to pay price. He's paying some price now to make it easier for others. If we say righteousness exalts a nation, where do you want it to come from? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And in any event, my political career predated business and predated church. If you have been following the Bible, my Lord, since 1978, if you have been following Ghani Fahimi, before any business started, if I was a student union leader, you must know that there are some things in my blood that you cannot just take away. It's there. I will not leave this nation alone because I see Nigeria as my own baby. It's something I'll have to nurture. That's why I'm not a regular politician. I am a yes. nation builder. Yes, and the order of the likes of Nehemiah, who is a butler, they became the governor of Judah. Imagine if it didn't go. Everything was broken down. Yes, sir. How are we going to restore the power to dwell in? How are we going to restructure our country? Who is going to champion a cause and, and lead people to know that we are going astray? Mm. I've been involved with those in politics, but nobody can put anything on me that I took this or I took that from any man. I went there clean, I came clean, and I'm going again. You can't stop it. We have to fix it. Yes, sir. We must create a nation that is better for generations yet to come. When the time comes, everybody will see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. So I'll take a few questions, and I we have enough questions here from different people. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get to you another day not too long from now. Uh, one of the reasons why I try to rush this is because I feel that some things are happening in the national scale that will make this difficult in the days to come. So we have like seven minutes to go and I'll just take a few questions and then we'll press pause. And if God grants us grace, I uh, will continue some other day. 
someone is asking here, uh, your humble background definitely contributed to your focus, your discipline and dedication. How can these same values be passed to the next generation? Uh, given their own privileged position resulting from your own success and other environmental factors prevalent in the present day. The person is asking what, you know, what can they do? What values can they embrace that, you know, so they, they know that the excuse of background doesn't work anymore. So what, what, what can they do? I think it's very, you know, I think, I think these people can, you can extract the value. There's, there's, there's a lot mentioned already, but I don't know if you let, want to. Let me help that person. Take your pen and write. The formula for success is not secret. <laughs> it has just been forgotten by a generation of quick fixes and those who cannot delay gratification. It is so obvious to me, but it's elusive to many, that self-discipline is the foundation for a flourishing life. When my mother would wake me up at 3 a.m. to carry Kulanot to Ishabo Market, he was training me. When he showed me how to serve and to earn money at the age of 9 and 10, he was training me. Handling money had not been difficult because of the discipline that he had you know, introduced me to early and was part of my life. All of the qualities of success in life that I know, self-discipline is a special quality. Mm. For me, discipline is a foundation for flourishing life. Mm. Discipline is a perpetual process. Mm. What you get in the, in the, in the journey is growth. Mm. For authentic and sustainable success, you just have to be disciplined, you have to be focused, you don't have to run with the Joneses. I don't even know the address, and I don't run with such people. Yes, sir. Let me say one more thing to that person who said, how can you transfer some value? I'll tell you something that may shock you today, and I put it in black and white. Mm. <laughs> Success is never owned. It's only rented. Mm. Mm. And the rent is due every day. Mm. Mm. Success <laughs> is never owned. The way Yoruba puts it, oh, whoa, Nero. Mm. Mm. Money has wings. Yes, sir. If you have a piece of paper, draw a square and put this and put the cross of Jesus in that square, mm. you have four holes. Mm. That is the whole economic ecology of the whole world. Mm. The haves, the have nots the yet to have, and the used to have. Mm. Mm. Success is never owned, it's rented. The rent is due on daily basis. Even when the formula for success was given in the Bible, said this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, yeah. and thou shalt meditate day and night, that you may observe to do daily, according yes. to what is written therein. Then you make your way successful, and you have it, I mean, Prosperous and you have a good success. The word prosperous there, your way there is direct, a course of action. Mm. Mm. You must know what is given to you to do so that you don't do another person's job. And you must be disciplined. And as we go on, I will give you the enemies of what is called self-discipline. Mm. 
which I see rampant in our society. Oh yes, today, rampant, especially in the lives of children of those who are strong and mighty, but who have raised uh, a lethargic generation that will not lift their finger because of their entitled mentality and their inability to delay gratification. Mm. Mm. Thank you, sir. Uh, Celestine Oluagbe is asking here, what is your take on full-time pastoring? I had God called you as a pastor, but you are still into real estate business. That's the question. Some well, people, yeah. <laughs> God can cause some people to be full-time and then he will feed them. <laughs> it's possible. Yes, sir. But all those that I knew he called, they must have other means of livelihood. Samuel was part of a running priesthood. He called the entire nation before the king. He said, testify against me. Whose God have I taken? Mm. Who have I received bride from? Mm. God is able to sustain those he called. Yes, sir. He calls ravens to feed Elijah. He calls the widow woman to be blessed by him and it was mutual. I'm not saying you cannot be uh, a full-time pastor and not do anything. But please, if you're full-time pastoring, is causing you to put pressure on people. It's not likely that God called you into that ministry. Yes, sir. Because whatever God orders for, it will pay. Mm. Where God leads, it will sustain. Mm. So if you only wait and, and, and say, well, uh, uh, next Sunday is coming, the day the church does not open, what will you eat? Then mm. you start harassing people online. Mm. You go on television, if you are blessed by this ministry, uh, uh, by this television, please send the money to the, to, to the station. It's, it's all nonsense. Look, God does not, is not Pharaoh. He will not ask you to make breeze without giving straw. Mm. If Jesus was the carpenter yes, sir. for two years, for three and a half years ministry, he probably had resources <laughs> while yes, he was doing his carpentry. And by the way, Peter did not sell his boat. <laughs> because after Jesus resurrected, he said, I go out fishing. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's wrong to be in food. If God calls you there, I will sustain you there. But let him be the one sustaining you and not you putting on new pressure mm -hmm. and causing those who do not pay tight. And say, if you are not tight, if you don't pay tight, your life will be tight. Christ has become a curse for us. Stop causing people. Mm -hmm. Let their tithes and offering be something that is, is, is led by the Spirit and the, their generosity is coming from within them, not because of your pressure. Melchizedek who received tithe from Abraham did not demand tithe. He was already king. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I, I, it's already, you know, <laughs> it's already one minute behind time. I don't know if you want to take one or two more. Uh, go ahead. I should go ahead. Okay, sir. Uh, someone is asking. Okay. So someone the, is asking. The next time will be longer before it will come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir. Someone is asking here. Um, if God appears to you like He did to Solomon and asks you to ask for one thing, what would that one thing be? It's not difficult for me. Okay, I will ask, ask God for God. Mm. Mm. God mm. shows up and say what? Because of Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I can read it to you. 
Deuteronomy 30, 19, he said, I said before you, uh, this, is, this is the way I live my life. Some will say, ask for wisdom. The man who asked for wisdom eventually perverted his wisdom by building idol temples. Mm. But here is what I would choose if you ask me. 30, 19 of Deuteronomy, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've said before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Mm. So how do I choose life? Does that mean life in Banana Republic or Banana Island or Victoria Island? No, the next verse, that you may love the Lord your God and you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life. Mm. So when he asked me to choose life, he's asked me to choose mm. him. Yes, sir. So if God appears to me and said, well, ask whatever I say, I choose. the Lord is a portion of my inheritance and he maintains my Lord. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. I have a good heritage. Yes, sir. He has given along with Christ every other thing. So yes, I will not choose anything outside of God himself. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God that shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Business is not my source of income. People are not my source of income. God is the source, is my resource. Mm. Mm. Therefore, I don't depend on athlete elements because things can change. Inflation yes, is coming. It's going to be big time. But yes. those who know him will laugh in famine. Yes, sir. And they'll be satisfied in farming. It's an opportunity for others to be promoted. Yes, sir. I think... So, it, it, yeah. If so, he appears to me, I will choose him. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. Thank you, sir. This person is asking, Allah being queer, Allah, he says, God bless you for sharing, sir. With your experience and the economy, what can one invest in to be able to succeed in Nigeria today during and post-COVID-19? Well... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Apt. Apt. You, God can make ordinary things you are doing to become extraordinary. Mm. I will ask you, what are you doing now? Mm. Are you led into it? Mm. If not, ask God to direct you. Mm. I read Job 1 to you. I gave you different lines of businesses you could do there. Mm. But if you are not even thinking of that, then I, if, you, if, if you really want to know, and for that person... If you have the person's address, I will tell them uh, in church, I will send it to Pastor Deolu, the practicalities of increase. People mm. are different types. You can be head type, you can be nose type, you can be eye type, you can be mouth type, you can be ear type, you can be hand type, you can be leg type. They are two different, they are different businesses. The idols of the nations are gold and silver. They have eyes they don't see. It's a type of business. When you see, mm. they have heard, they don't hear. It's a type when you hear. Is mouth, they don't speak. It's a type of business because you could be a salesman, you could be you could be someone promoting business. You can you can smell something afar of that others don't see. Uh, you can order for that, and I'm giving it free. I'm not asking you to pay for it, and you yeah. can duplicate it and give it out. I don't I don't live by books and tapes. Um, Thank you. Sir. Uh, <laughs> so, what you do? Ask God. I didn't create you. He did. Mm. It will lead you. Mm. But guess what? Even if you're a sweet, a street sweeper, with mm. grace of God upon your life, you'll sweep better than angels and people will start coming to you. There's so many things. Opportunities galore post COVID 19. Mm. 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 Okay. I perceive in the Holy Spirit, I have 35 years ahead of me. That's what I had. 
and there are things he had given me for five years, for 10 years, that I'm about to embark upon. Mm. Mm. And politics is not it for me because after nation building, mm. uh, what are you coming back to if you're not going to steal that? Develop an intimacy with the Holy Spirit, pray and ask Him to direct you. Be amazed. I will show you. For everything God wants to do, there are five things. I hope I'm not taking too much time explaining this. Yes. For everything God wants to do on planet Earth, there are five things that must be present. Number one, the person He wants to do it. Number two, the place He wants the thing done. Number three, the period. Spiritual timing is the key to spiritual breakthrough, the period. And number four, the provision it will provide. Mm. It will lead you to people that will love you and favor you and bless you or direct you and mentor you. Mm. And if your mentor becomes your tormentor, then know how to behave your wife, yourself wisely, like David did to Saul, because we have faced some of that when our mentors became tormentors. Mm. The person, the place, the period, the provision, the fifth one is critical, the pattern. Mm. To give you how to run your own business, how to do your own things. It will not leave you without pattern. You are not a copycat. You can learn from others. And never said, Pastor, oh, this is the way I live, you must live that way. Not any of my people who are close to me. I'll just open myself to them. If there's something for them to invite from me, they go use it because there's no copyright on what God has given me to do. Yes, sir. You know, the enemies of self-discipline? Yes, sir. Distraction. Mm. Temptation. Mm. Lethargy. Mm. I can list them for you like that. Mm. And worst of all, procrastination. Mm. Mm. Nigeria has become procrastination. Mm. That's mm. why we are in crisis now. Mm. Later. Mm. So yes, don't sir. become victim of that. Choose those you run with. Learn from those you should learn. Follow those you should follow. But don't close your eyes and, and, and then be praying and think God is a counterfeiter who will drop money from heaven. No, that's not faith. That's fake. Yes, sir. Okay, someone is asking a question here. There are two shades of questions about the polity of Nigeria here. And, I, and I, I'll take this one. This is from Babawali Odunuga. He says, thank, thank you for listening to God and for being a role model to us all. My question is, did you hear from God when you decided to be a running mate with Buhari? Or did you decide to stand up because you felt it was the right thing to do at the time? In hindsight, do you feel that God rescued your name from the shame? Thank you for the question. Mm. I will specifically mention names now. Yes, sir. They can be verified. And Pastor Deolu can give you the phone number so I can call the person. In the year 2009, about 2 a.m. in the night, I was praying. And God spoke to me, Buari is the key to the future that I've spoken to you about. 2009. But you will not go to him, he will come to you. Now, background. I'd seen General Buari only once in my life before that time. He was led to my church office by Senator Tukumba Fikuyomi, yes, who was running on the platform of ANPP for governorship of Lagos at that time. And mm. they were meeting pastors. 
And when he came to me, I said, General, I would like you to come with me to my inner room because God revealed some things to me that day. That this election he will not win, but if he continues, a day is coming that he will win. Mm. And we prayed and he left. And our paths never crossed again. Mm. Until I was coming from an SNG function. And the present minister of information, Lai Muhammad, sent me a text, which I kept for posterity. Mm. and said, they would like to see me. Ashwagibola Tinubu sent him to me. I said, what for? He said, they would like me to speak to General Buhari to run on the platform of AC before I became ACN as their flag bearer. I said, okay, that's a good one. That would have been the second opportunity to meet General Buhari. Yes, sir. But I asked them who would be the running mate if I would go to broker that. Mm. And Ashwagi Balatinumbu spoke to me in parables. He said, the greatest grassroots mobilizer in the Southwest. I didn't know who that was. So I asked Lai Muhammad. Eventually, I gathered that he would like to be. And I said, I couldn't broker Muslim Muslim ticket in Nigeria. Not now. The nation is divided. There are living witnesses. Jimmy Agbaje was to follow me to, to come with me to General Buhari in Kaduna. So was Inka Udumaki to broker this. And I said, I couldn't. We canceled. He was on his way to Daura before. When I asked him that I'll be coming, I called back and I'll not be coming. Mm. And one day at the SNG Secretariat, because God showed me vision that led to save Nigeria go. Yes, sir. At the SNG Secretariat, one of the elder statesmen, Dr. Akimba, Amos Akimba, said to me, you have about 3 million people in your database now being part of SNG. Are you going to drive this, all these young people into hell again to go to any party? Why don't you engage the political class? One of my friends came to me, Foladiola, he came to me at that time. He said, I know a pioneer when I see one. Where is SNG going? I said, it's not a political party. It's a political association, but not a political party. It's going to interfere in the affairs of Nigeria until we get things done. So there was no way we could plant SNG into partisan politics. We wanted it to be there as like, you know, a watchdog give me be. Yes, sir. So we decided to engage political class. The first person I engaged was Abubakar Atiku. That night he couldn't attend to us well because he was in a hurry going to South Africa to watch football. He spoke with us briefly. Then we engaged the then president who said the restructuring of Nigeria is already 100 years late. And I told him, we are pulling away from him. So it was time to now engage General Buhari. And before we, uh, well, we engaged him that what is his plan. And he told us all that, it, what he has gone through. And I was in Spain when I was called that, look, we would like a vice presidential candidate to come from your group. I quickly called Jimmy Agbaje to be the person and flew with him to Abuja, introduced him to CPC so that he could become the, the vice presidential candidate. And he became the chairman of manifesto committee. My name was not there because I was heading another revolution of the people we call Arrowheads. It was when the, the connection between uh, Jimmy Agbadi and the, and, and the now president fell out that he himself called me 
on January 15, 2011, that they would like me to be his running mate. And I said, sir, I'm heading a group. I've told them I will not take part in partisan politics. They're called Arrowhead. I've, I've told them that I will not seek elective office, despite what God has told me in 2009. Because God said he will come to me, I will not go to him. So I'm holding my hand as time comes. The first person I called in the presence of Inga Adumaki and Jimmy Abadi was Ashwaji Bola Chinubu, that the president had offered this to me. Please give me one person that I will take to him. I didn't think my time had come. So he said, it will get back to me. He never did. Then I sent for uh, now minister, honorable minister, uh, Adebayo, who was governor of Ikiti before. Me and I were in Los, I mean, uh, University of Lagos together uh, at the law department, law faculty. He came to my house and I told him, this is what Warrior said, I need a Christian to give to him. Please let me, let's go. And he said, I should refer to again. And I sent engineer for Yedele to the present vice president. If he will be interested. But everyone backed off. And I still did not jump. I called Pastor Deboye. And Pastor Deboye said, go and stand in there whether you win or you lose. And I said, sir, I do not think my time had come. He said, look, the day you came to me asking for Obi to be vice president, it was clear in my heart that you'll be the person that, that can, can support him and save this nation. I remember all the things that he said to me. And I've already reduced this into writing. It's yes, in sir. a public space, a book yes. called Strategic Intervention in Governance. Yes, it's not ambition. It's not this. I have no regret whatsoever. Because finally, I did not even fill the form until the last day. Because I was looking for anyone to use until President Obasanjo called Nasir Erufai and told him that if Buhari could drop Bakari from being his running mate, because that has already gone out and had not filled any form, they would use uh, the lady that, uh, what's her name now? The one in World Bank, not Obi, Ngozi Weala, to run with Buhari. So I took Nasir to the current president in the hotel. We were all in the hotel that night. So I took him there that day in the morning. He said, sir, God has answered our prayer. General Basanjo is going to call this call that he will all support you. But obviously, sorry, Ngozi Weala will be your running mate. Here is the form. I've not filled it. Let us go so that you win and Nigeria will be a better place. I'll still support from behind. And he looked at me and said, I saw that person before I called you. If you are not going to accept, please return the form. I'll put a name there now. That was the last day that the form was to be submitted. And Nasir sitting there said, Egmont, we have tried everything. Fill this form and leave it. I filled the form and I was kind of troubled in my spirit. I went to sleep. And uh, uh, my son in the faith, Pastor Shalade, so he came to see me in the hotel room, and I told him what I've done. As I was seeing him off, then God spoke to me for the first time. He said, if anyone asks you a question concerning what you are doing, tell them you are walking the path I've mapped out for you. Mm -hmm. That's the story of that period. It's crystal clear in my mind. 
It wasn't a mistake. It was preordained. I was like David, taken to the battlefield and returned back because time is not yet. And when time comes, who shall see? So no regret whatsoever. Yes, sir. Uh, finally, I, I, I'm looking at all the questions and I'm trying to summarize to see uh, the, the ones that group it all together. Uh, somebody out there is thinking, you know, uh, you seem so sure that Nigeria will be all right again. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, there's a, you have shared a dream about presidency in this nation. You have shared a dream about Nigeria becoming like six Dubais. You have shared a dream about, you know, um, what, what there are people in diaspora listening, there are people locally listening, people who are looking for COVID to end so that they can get out. Uh, and people who, <laughs> and who there's no reason why they want to be here. What, 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 you know, can you just, you know, a little hope, is there, what, what can we, what can give this confidence and assurance, you know, uh, or is it just faith? <laughs> is, is it just, is it just believing in spite of the current realities? You know, can we? Pastor Deolu, yes, sir. I'd worked on this project for about 30 years. Yes, sir. I've showed you some of the things myself, yourself. Yes, sir. When the time comes, when opportunity meets preparation, yes, sir. Nigeria will experience breakthrough. It's not a one-man show. Yes, sir. There are people working day and night. Yes, Dubai sir. came to Nigeria to borrow money before. These things are not rocket science. Yes, sir. There's a great day ahead of this nation. Yes, sir. God showed me a vision, which I narrated to President Muhammad Buhari, of a rainbow-covered Nigeria with the world reset. Mm. Ever before COVID-19 came, mm. God Almighty is interested in Nigeria, is interested in the nations of the earth, and we are the ones that he called, that he has on the face of the earth, to build ancient ruins. Mm. Isaiah 61 says so. Mm. We are the ones, Isaiah 58, to repair the bridge, to raise the foundations of many generations, and to restore the path to dwell in. We are the one he has given authority to shape the nations. He said we should ask of him the nations for our inheritance. Is he going to build us a bad, rotten, and, and, and destroyed nation? No. Mm. God created the church is the last he created. He created nations, mm. imaginations, mm. and church. Mm. Imagination, image of nations. Mm. It depends on the image you are seeing. Mm. If there is a new Delhi, there's an old Delhi. Mm. If there's a new Mexico, there's an old Mexico. Yes, sir. If there's a New York, there's an old York. Mm. If there's a new Jerusalem, there's a Jerusalem that is now. Mm. And if there's Nigeria that is wobbling now, there's a new Nigeria coming from heaven. And yes, God sir. is putting the plan and the pattern into the hearts of people who will be the builders of this new nation, like Nehemiah did to Judah. We will do it in our lifetime. Nigeria will work in my lifetime. Amen. You can take that to the back. Amen. And in your lifetime too. Amen. So let's get hands together yes, and let sir. us rebuild the ancient thrones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very, very much, sir. Uh, <laughs> 
Ah, uh, okay. So many things, so many questions. Yeah, I will, I will harvest them together and uh, and see what more can be done. Somebody's asking, apart from the Bible, and I, I like this one because I know, I, I know, I, I know the person is going back to the Bible. Uh, this is a, a part of the Bible. What are the top two, three books that have most I- impact that have had the most impact in your journey? <laughs> what are they, sir? What are they? What are the top two books outside of the Bible that have had the most impact in your journey? <laughs> you have to come to my library and see see your books. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, see your books. If you're not reading, you're not learning. Yes, sir. I will not promote any one of them, uh, but you just know, like my wife said, if I don't read a book or two books in a week, they should call the ambulance. Mm. Mm. But my source of inspiration remains this book, and it hurts when I see people use it for religious uh, routine and exercising. This is your roadmap through the planet that he created. The world created this world, and the word of God in your mouth will create your own environment. That's why I began to teach you can create your own Goshen if you have not located one. This remains my inspiration. And when you meet the author, it will come alive. Yes, Every other book is coming from this. For as to the as to the reading, writing or many books, there's no end. Yes, Much study is a wilderness of the flesh, but it gives you life. I thank God for Christian authors. I thank God for non-Christian authors, many of them who have written and have read, but if it does not line up with this, I don't invite them. Yes, sir. That would be my answer. Thank you very, very much, sir. Um, thank you very much. Uh, it's been wonderful tonight, sir. Um, people are asking for, please get us the recording that they said. The... Uh, the, there's something you mentioned. I wrote it down. Practicalities of increase. Practicalities of increase. Yes. So you're saying. Yes, I will ask for I will ask for my son to get it to you so okay. that you can make it available to them. Yes. You must know the type you are so that a man should share. You don't pursue another man's job. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been very enriching. The key how to know that is that their desire and age, and you can do it for free. When you love what you do and you do what you love, you are no longer working. You are yes, living. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Um, My pleasure. Thank you. We appreciate it. Big, big time. So I want to thank everybody who showed up tonight. Uh, we had this showing here with comments here. We had this streaming live on Facebook, streaming live on LinkedIn, streaming live on Twitter at the same time. So I'm sure there are many other comments I cannot get to see now because we are here. Uh, we'll go and look at them, harvest them, and see if I can get pastors to answer them privately. And then I'll share with you within the community. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming here tonight. Thank you again very much, Pastor. Uh, we were really blessed. The you, people, have, you. people have been asking for the recording of this as well. So this will be available. Uh, it will be shared. The link to it will be shared so that anybody who wants to catch up on this after can catch up on all the information. Thank you again, sir. God bless. I don't know if you want to say a word of prayer, you know. Just pray for us before you go. I think people will be delighted uh, to have that as we close. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen. one generation will praise your word to another generation and declare your mighty words. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice now will not become part of a wasted generation. Amen. They will find destiny and purpose in you and you grant them grace to fulfill it. 
Thank you for making a difference in their lives and for making them to become difference makers. To your name be glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. God bless you. It's been a pleasure sharing your platform. And we look forward to opportunities in the nearest future. (laughs) Thank Thank you, sir. (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you, sir. So um, thank you, everybody. Um, Thanks for showing up today. Sorry if your question was not answered. Uh, We will aggregate them. We have already shot past our one hour, 30 minutes. I'm sure you understand uh, the need to quickly cut it. Of course, Pastor was willing to spend more time, uh, but it's good that you don't bite much more than you are given so that you can have uh, more uh, in future times. Uh, so please thanks for coming everybody please if you are not in the green community please get into the green community tell the person i invited you for this meeting to give you access to the green community the green community is about us joining our hands together to promote things that are nigerian to promote things that are for our nation china is not going to promote nigeria us will not promote nigeria we will promote nigeria by ourselves and you and i have responsibilities we have what we need to do to make things better uh, Pastor Bakari in many ways identifies as somebody that I can follow uh, very much because of his involvement in, in business, his involvement in ministry, his involvement in nation building. So for the community of us who are teachers, entrepreneurs, network, uh, nation builders, pastors, entrepreneurs, and nation builders who have a burning desire to see a great Nigeria in our, in our future, yeah, these are the kind of people we can relate with and it makes sense. So. Uh, I think there's a lot we can learn. This will become available so that we can listen to. The link will be shared in the communities. You can connect with it. There are going to be other meetings and more and more to do as well. There were a few questions that were asked about a number of other things that we couldn't cover. Uh, We'll aggregate a few of these questions together and see how they can be attended to. We have plenty of questions that we didn't get to answer with uh, Professor Patutomi. I'm going to organize for you to have access to that as well. Uh, Like I said, I learn from various people. I follow very few people. Thank you very much for coming here today. Uh, thanks for all who showed up. Um, and, I, and I think he's been helpful. You know, sometimes many people are quick to jump and say, ah, Pastor Bagari criticized my pastor. He says something about my pastor. But sometimes you need to know the person, know their journey, know where they've been, know their values, know the off-worlds them, why the courage, why the principles, and all of these things. Now, today wasn't a day of listing principles and listing values. But if you look at those stories, you can extract a variety of things from them. And just to solidify it, I'm going to take all of this together and come out with a few bullet points for those who need bullet points to give you clarity on exactly what these values are. Uh, I think those values, you can see them already from his life. Uh, There are books you can read. The book he authored about his mom, the things that his mom taught him, books you can get strategic intervention in business i have a copy of it um but i can't my copy can't go around you can buy the book as well uh use and enjoy uh i think it's been fun tonight uh okay someone says thank you for the meaningful two hours god bless you thank you um i'm delighted to have been involved in that so please I'll connect with you at the community join be part of the green money communities there's non-financial membership so you don't have to pay anything it's free to be a part I just get to get updates on when trainings are happening, when new things are happening. You can get to know what's going on. Uh, we're sharing that generously. Uh, we kick this off as you know as a COVID-19 uh, initiative to say, you know what, let's let's see how we can add value. 
why people are locked down at home. I'm sure this value will not stop. We will continue to engage different people. And I, I, I personally fear, you know, uh, I needed to have stopped.